0: Hello and welcome to another Spencey on Soaps with me, Susan Spence. Hope you're well, enjoying the sunshine or not, because it's baking hot where I am and I'm not a sun worshipper, that's for sure. Uh, Glad then that the World Cup is over and we're back to normal on the soaps, Um, well... It was a nice distraction, really, for the month, wasn't it? Anyway, bets are normal then, July 12th in the world of Coronation Street, EastEnders and Emmerdale. And let's start off with Emmerdale. And I'll tell you why, because I'm loving Emmerdale at the moment. Emmerdale is kind of giving me a warm kind of feeling. I, I, I like to think sometimes, I like to think, oh, I'm going to sit down and watch Emmerdale. Because I think the acting's great. I love the countryside and I love the characters. And as you know, if you're a regular listener to the podcast, you will know that I'm a big fan of Amanda Donohoe, who plays Natasha Wilde. And I've been reading so many interviews of late with her that I know her time on the show, is going to come to an end sooner rather than later. So let's make the most of it. And this week, she decides it's time to fess up. After threatening to use Maisie in his blackmailing games, there's somebody who is definitely leaving, and that is Alice Coulthard, who plays Maisie. She's leaving the show in the next couple of months. Could Natasha go with her? This week, anyway, it's actually Will, who's Kane's trump card. Natasha is frantic when her youngest fails to come home, and when Kane eventually drops him off, Natasha realises he's holding all the cards. So against her better judgement, she parts with the cash, only for the slime bowl to come back for more. Poor Natasha berates herself for being so stupid, because she knew all along that giving in to someone like Kane would only be the start of it, and she was right. So deciding she can't cope with the lies anymore, she plans to confess all, first to her family and then to the police. Now Nathan's horrified, begs his mum not to do it. But Natasha is adamant and plans one final perfect evening with her family before doing the deed. So she gets everything in order. She even gives Nathan control of her assets as well as guardianship of Will. But the idea of breaking Maisie and Will's hearts is just too much for her, and she changes her mind about telling them. She tries to give Nathan the slip, but he catches up with her just as she's walking into the police station. Uh, There's some great acting from Lyndon Ogborn and Amanda Donohoe in this, and Nathan makes a touching plea. And you can see that she's affected by it, but she's brought back down to earth when Nathan makes the outrageous suggestion that they frame someone else for Mark's murder. So will Natasha hand herself in or go along with Nathan's mad plan? You kind of know really what she's going to do, don't you? Because you just think she's not going to hand herself in, but then it is an outrageous idea to put it on somebody else. And the lovely Nickel then. Well, furious that his lack of bedroom action with Maisie is the hot topic for the village gossip mongers, Nicol ends it with her. He also throws a wobbly at the factory and Storm's home. Now, sensing that something is seriously up with his brother, well done, Jay, uh, he goes home and he tries to help. But he's stunned when Nickel reveals the reason he's reluctant to spend the night with Maisie. Now, despite the shock, Jay urges him not to lose Maisie over it. Now, I did say last week that I thought He was either a virgin or had HIV, but now I'm adding that he's married to the list and can't break his wedding vows. That's my newest one on this, but all will be revealed in Tuesday's double bill. Now, Diane plans to leave for France next week. The wool pack's taking longer to sell than she would like, so she goes to the bank to get a loan out against the pub to help pay for the chateau, Charlie's chateau. I'm not sure about this. Uh, Doug tries to clear the air, but Diane's not taking any prisoner. She tells him Charlie was hiding something, the fact that he's dying. And as much as I like Doug, he does deserve all he gets for being such a fool. So with the loan in place, she and Charlie decide to leave for France next week. Will he survive that long, or has it all been a scam? And will he run off with her money instead? God, I'm being so cynical at the moment. But there's something there's something not right with this, Charlie. Really, there's something not right. And I'm absolutely convinced that there's more to this guy than meets the eye. And I don't buy his dying line. But we'll see. Now, am I the only one who couldn't give two hoots about Holly Barton? Seriously, how whiny ways. They're such a turn off. Couldn't care less what happens to the girl, to be quite honest with you. Uh, the only decent thing about this storyline is that we get to see more of Aaron and Adam. And Aaron catches Holly buying drugs from Rose outside the Woolpack and he's furious, quite rightly so, when she tells him she's got everything under control. yes, yeah, sure you have, love. And he wonders whether to tell Adam. But his mind is soon made up when he later catches her disposing of Charlotte's... of Scarlet's, sorry, empty purse. I don't know who Charlotte is. Uh, which she nicked from Adele's party. Adam's stunned when Aaron tells him that his sister is a druggie and a thief. And he demands that she tells their parents, just as that, they walk in. Oh, what's all this argument about? Yet again, Holly gets away with it when Adam covers for her. Uh, so with so many mates helping her out, you'd think she'd be that little bit grateful. But oh no, Whiny has a go at Adam and Aaron for asking Ros to back off. Well, I know what I'd do. Also this week, Marlon's upset when Shadrach goes back on the booze. Carl goes on a driving trip to escape the temptation of Eve. And Adele thinks about moving to the village to be closer to Andy. On to Coronation Street then, and Sally's back for a birthday. Touching scenes, really nice scenes in the garden uh, when she returns from her sisters after recuperating from her cancer op. The actress, of course, uh, Sally Denver, I never know whether it's Denver or Dainver, actually. I've heard it being pronounced in various ways, but you know who I mean. Uh, she's back after her own real-life ordeal, and it's obvious that no acting was needed to create the happy scenes that we'll see next week. Um, or this week, should I say, Nick declares his love to Leanne. Well, we kind of saw this one coming for a mile off. It's been building for a little while on his part. Natasha shoots herself in the foot by revealing Leanne's previous life as a hooker, because instead of it putting Nick off, he ends up blaming himself for leaving Leanne and driving her to it. And it's Leanne's arms he runs to when Carla seeks her revenge. She undercuts the order with Paul and vows to ruin Nick, and so he confesses to Leanne that he still loves her. Hmm, how will she react? Back to Underworld, and although Carla secured the order and got the girls back, she doesn't have any premises. Step up Nick, who suggests they team up again. What a palave. eh? Well, if she hadn't treated him. Uh, the way that she had, we might not have had this situation, but then if he hadn't been so bolshy in the beginning, we wouldn't have had it either. So it looks as if it's back to the way we were. Now, the John Stape storyline hits a new low in silliness, and I'm actually surprised Corey has come up with this storyline, as it's just that bit too much, in my opinion. Eddie Winders has been at John to sell him a sofa, and as he's lied to everybody that he's a furniture salesman, John thinks he has no other option to, to play the part for real. He takes them to the furniture store and pretends to sell them a the sofa. Seriously, he does. Of course, it doesn't go to plan. And he's mistaken for a real salesman attracting the manager as a result. You'll see what happens. Um, his worries don't end there. Chesney, rumbles his, Chesney even rumbles his secret. And the real Colin Fishwick returns from Canada. Oh, yes, and that's not all. A bloke turns up on the scene. He's after John. Well, actually, he's after Colin for having an affair with his wife. Could that be Charlotte by any chance? See what I mean? It's all a bit farcical. But as Colin confides in John about his affair with Charlotte, at least the storyline promises to take a darker direction. Sean collapses. She's uh, meant to be going out to the school prom with Sophie. Sophie's very much looking forward to her date with Shan. Of course, nobody knows about them. But, you know, for Sophie, it's like, well, they're stepping out together. And even though it's two girls going to the prom, which is nothing unusual in that, they know that there's something else going on. But she accuses Sean of feigning stomach pans, pains. I'll tell you what, it's the heat. Honestly, I can't talk sp- properly today. It's just the heat. It's just just getting to me. Anyway, uh, she accuses Sean. we'll try that one again, of feigning stomach pains to get out of it and Shan's offended by her accusations as she is genuinely unwell. But she also feels pressurised, as although nobody knows about their relationship, Sophie's still keen to make a statement. Sean bumps into her ex, Ryan, who, of course, is still sweet on her, and seeing his chance, asks her to a festival. However, while Sophie's waiting at the prom for Sir Shan, Ryan gets the shock of his life when Sean collapses in pain at the bus stop. That's some pooling technique he's got, eh? Needless to say, Sophie will be seething that Ryan is Shan's knight in shining armour. And, of course, she ends up to go rushing to the hospital to find that Ryan's already there. And, of course that um, Sean's had an appendicitis but she's okay Uh, Graham dumps Tina you might remember at the tail end of last week that he said the I love you word word she didn't reciprocate and he's like oh my heavens he's kind of questioning his worthiness of course thanks to David planting the seed and so Graham dumps her she's shell shocked no wonder she's normally the dumper and when she asks him why he explains that he knows he's not good enough for her and she'll dump him in the long run so he may as well end it now before he's in too deep Bless him, there is logic in there somewhere. She's upset and is left wondering how she can convince Graham to give things another go. They are a bit strange though, that couple, aren't they? Also this week, as Claudia warns her off Lewis, a fed-up Audrey thinks about retiring and moving away with him. Oh, yeah, like he's going to do that, love. And Bill and Izzy are put out as Owen wins the underworld contract. I thought that was really cheeky of him to jump in that conversation in the pub. I actually felt a bit sorry for, for Bill. I'm not ever his biggest fan. It's a bit of a strange character. I was fine, but um, I didn't think that was right at all. And finally, on to EastEnders, and Lucas identifies a body. Could Denise really be dead? Well, when the police pull a woman's body out of the water close to where Denise's mobile phone was found, it looks as if Lucas really has claimed another victim. Poor Libby, as you can imagine, is beside herself. She's already lost her dad, and she refuses to believe that her own mum was not only responsible for that, but would have taken her own life as well. Chelsea goes with Lucas to identify the body, but when she gets to the morgue, she's unable to go through with it, leaving Lucas to do it all alone. Hmm. He tells the police that there's no doubt that it's Denise leaving everyone inconsolable. Thankfully, the police are not so convinced by Lucas's act and hints that if Denise did murder Owen, she didn't do it alone. So whatever happens, we're hopeful that Lucas will get caught out in some way. Unbelievably, even with the police breathing down his neck and his wife supposedly having taken her own life, Lucas tells Patrick that Denise confessed to killing Owen and asked him to cover her tracks. Now, Despite being stunned by the revelations, Patrick agrees to keep things secret for the sake of the family. Ben goes to jail this week. He's sent down for eight months. I know. Who saw that coming? Richie promised six weeks max. The little lad crumbles as he's led away, but it's Phil who needs looking after as he feels he's badly let his son down, which, let's face it, he has. And Phil's life will start to soon spiral out of control. Uh, He'll be wishing Peggy hadn't stopped him from fleeing Walford with Ben and Louise at the start of the week, Phil's biggest worry is that Ben won't be able to look after himself in the young offenders' institution and that he'll be abused. So after bowing to his mum and Ben's wishes to stay, he lines up boxing lessons with Jay, which is a disaster, as Ben can't fight for Toffee. Phil then tries to teach him to shave, mm, and Ben ends up with a crew cut to make him look harder. Like that'll work, and especially when the rest of the family as they throw him a party before he goes... That's a good idea. Uh, they just laugh at it. They say, what have you done to your hair? Ha, ha, ha. Uh, cried a back-on uh, a series of events throughout the week forced both Saeed and his parents to admit that he is gay. It all begins when Christian decides to sell his shares in Masala Queen. And knowing that Ian will never allow the Masoods to have a controlling share, Said lies that he's secured a loan in a bid to up the price so that Christian gets more money for his shares. It works, and Christian's touched. However, any hopes he may have had of a reconciliation go right out of the window when Saeed tells him his therapy has worked and he doesn't fancy him anymore. Christian's, of course, doesn't believe him and he's furious that Sayeed would not only lie to him but also to himself. So later, when Zaidab snubs him while catering at a party, Christian gets his revenge by giving away free fish and chips sabotaging the Masala Queen business. Now, he knows it's not the right thing to do, but he's so furious at what Zainab has done to Saeed that he wants to get his own back. All very childish, but it works, and as a war of words breaks out between Christian and Zainab, Masood steps in and hits Christian. Saeed is furious at his father's hypocrisy as violence goes against the Quran, and he goes round to apologise to Christian. Now, Saeed lies in... Uh, leans in for a kiss but christian's been here before and rejects him <gasps> no it's food for thought for saeed and when he later spots a sweaty christian jogging through the square ah, oh, it always does it every time he admits to him he's a muslim man and gay and he's accepted who he is and doesn't see why he should be forced to choose between the two Mm, All very well. However, Masood and Zainab have heard it all too and knowing that their son will never change, they close the door in his face. Christian and Saeed head into his flat. So is this the start of a proper relationship for the two of them or will it fizzle out now that Christian... ...has got what he always wanted. Sometimes works that way, doesn't it? And is Stacey losing the plot? She's showing unhealthy signs as she refuses to let Lily out of her sight. Even bolshie Becky gets short shrift... ...as she tries to get a friend to take the baby out to a birthday party... ...which is being thrown for one of the girls on the market. The next day, Stacey throws a wobbly when she discovers Lily is missing. Jean's taking her out for some fresh air... And uh, she lays into her mum when she finds her chatting to Ronnie and Jack. Ronnie does her best to calm Stace down, but she grabs the pram and storms home, telling anyone who'll listen that she'll decide when her daughter is to go out. Mm -mm. Is the bipolar returning, or is it something to do with the fact that she's not been taking her medication? And also this week in EastEnders, Ronnie admits to Jack that the baby she miscarried was Owen's, Lucy's teachers deem her to be Oxbridge material. That'll be all the cheating then. And Carol admires Darren's sense of family values and lets him move in. So it's a big week in all the soaps. Lots of storylines, as you can probably tell by the, uh, just the increasing length of this week's podcast. There's tons going on. It's a good week to watch the soaps. They're back to normal. Um, in fact, as I said, we've got an extra episode uh, for, East, for Emmerdale On Tuesday, we've got an hour long. So great storylines, well worth watching. But, of course, you're up to date, really, so you don't need to. Um, Thanks for listening. I'm Susan Spence. We'll be back with more Spencey on soaps next week. See ya.